Hi, Vince. Good afternoon, Jeremiah. Happy election season. Oh, man. Silly season. <laughs> All right. Uh, fortunately, it's a uh, beautiful weather out here. It's uh, easy to get outside, get away from the television. Yeah, uh, get some of that tension. Non-stop out there. <laughs> so our and, topic and it, today. Our terrible segue from election season, right, is uh, the mission. Everyone's uh, politicians are always excited about the mission that they're pushing out. And uh, this is about not politicians, but like the employee, the, the corporate mission. So, so this is an important principle to leadership, right? Whether it's a, a political elected leader or the leader of your organization, right? It's how do I get people to rally around some plan for action? Yeah, absolutely. And, and a long time ago, you know, back in the day when, when things were kind of grim and uh, industrial revolutionary type times, Missions weren't really important for companies. It was just a sort of transactional, hey, I'm going to hire you. You're going to you know, tighten this widget. You're going to make this bolt of cloth. I'll pay you. Go away after that, that kind of thing. Um, but then gradually, you know, that's not actually the case for all, comp- all like organizations. There are organizations like um, churches or religions that are very, very heavily mission-based and don't have any uh, economics uh, to speak of. Um, mm-hmm. But gradually people began to realize that there's this sort of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs where once you, once you've been fed and once you're safe and things like that, you're looking for a, a, a greater sense of purpose to your life. Uh, you're looking for something where you, you know, other people will admire what you're doing, where you're self-fulfilled and things like that. And, and companies began to realize that that was, uh, it was important for them to have a mission because it would, uh, it would help with their employees' engagement and purpose in the company. Uh, there's like a really like a like a, a dollars and cents kind of uh, consideration here that employees will work harder and longer and better if they have if they believe in the mission if they have a sense of purpose. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah. the the various yeah. religious types they they don't get paid a lot, but they work really hard to fulfill their mission and that kind of thing. Right. So to restate, right, there's a, there's a, a human need, right, to, to find meaning in work and that we, um, we work harder and do a better job of the things that we care about. And organizations have realized the need to exploit that tendency and to, to use it for their advantage. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's sort of exploit in both ways, right? P- people like to work for companies that they admire that they feel good about working for. So it's definitely a, it's definitely a both, both way. uh, So we have that intrinsic motivation and it's best, right? When, when that aligns with what the employer is also trying to do, we are happier when we're, you know, working for something that we actually care about and the employer's happier if they have employees who really care about the same thing they do. And there's all kinds of statistics about this, right? As, as employees uh, become engaged with the company and engaged with the purpose of the company, they're going to be you know, massively more you know, higher performers. They're going to stay with the company longer. They're going to be able to sort of get their friends to come to the company. Uh, all those types of things that are extremely beneficial uh, to, to the corporation succeeding in any particular way. The, the other thing, though, is that because everybody wants a glowing mission, and a glowing sense of purpose that, that their employees can rally around. Employees do are, are fairly cynical about this at this point. You know, every time you get, uh, I think you were telling me the other day, every time you get a new CEO, you know, you're going to get a new mission with the CEO. The CEO comes in and kind of redoes the mission for the company. 
things like that. That's right. And I, so I think of like the classics in, in the technology industry, right? Like Steve Jobs, right? Trying to help his employees feel like they're making a dent in the universe, right? That was like the creation of the Macintosh and even the Lisa, right? These were like critical and pivotal stories. And that mission was there to motivate those employees and also, right, to demand this like crazy crunch mode work for long periods of time. Yes, people are inspired. They will work hard for the mission. Um, I think currently Amazon is kind of famous for wow. attempting to inspire people to this mission of customer for, sir, uh, first attention. And as a result, they're expecting an, yeah. an enormous uh, amount customer of customer obsession. Employees. Customer obsession. That's the word. I Tes Tesla is another great example um, currently, right? The mission to like change the, how the world uses energy, right? To, to help us prevent this amazing collapse, right? And, and they have no problem like steamrolling their own employees to, to do that. I could absolutely believe that. I, did, I didn't know that about Tesla, but I mean, if SpaceX wanted me to volunteer to fly to Mars for free, yeah. I would do that, which would provide them an enormous amount of benefit, except they'd have to support my me with life Well, support. SpaceX, right, they're <laughs> actually notorious for not paying all that well and demanding crazy hours, right? Because, you know, people like this mission, and if you want to be a part of this, you better work your ass off. Yeah, absolutely. So really uh, working that uh, advent, uh, advantage in spades in that way. Yeah. So yeah, so one way um, I was, you know, again, I like to read Edgar Sheen a bit. So, you know, he, he talks about how, you know, missions balance all these responsibilities to these various groups of people for a company. You know, companies essentially trying to make money or trying to, trying to sell a product or something, but they have these responsibilities to their investors, uh, to their customers, to their employees, uh, to the community, and, and to their suppliers. So they're trying to sort of balance their responsibility between all of those and the different kinds of emphasis there if, uh, can, can result in different kinds of companies, right? And a, a company that's really, really interested in um, its responsibility to its, its investors, maybe some sort of financial services company or something like that, uh, may in turn say, hey, let, let's you know work long hours, let's, let's push everyone. We don't care about our employees so much as long as we fulfill our mission to our investors and employees are like, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm in it for the money. I'm, I'm okay with this relationship with my company. But then you might have another company that is, uh, you know, a lot of companies sort of talk about how they're very uh, focused on their customers. That's a very popular thing for people to be focused on. Um, mm -hmm. And um, as much as possible, you know, the, uh, employees going to have a pretty good relationship in that company if they are doing right by the customer. Uh, so uh, often companies, oh, sorry, I'll let you talk. I see people fall into this almost cult-like trap, right? So Facebook's mission, right, is, is like to, it was something about connecting all the people in the world, right? Thinking that just this connection is going to um, increase social good. Yeah. And, and within a company, right, you have to buy into that, right? If you're not drinking that sort of Kool-Aid, you're, you're not really at the table. Right, certainly yes. at a leadership level. Absolutely. Individual contributors, it's a little bit more of a, you can have a little bit more of a transactional relationship with the company. Hey, I don't really believe this. I don't think that we're, I don't think we're going to connect everyone or I don't really, you know, care to change the energy blend in the United States or for Tesla or something, but yeah. I'm really good at this particular job. So pay me, I do that job, don't care. But in the management, at a management level, 
you you absolutely do have to care about this kind of thing because um, and the higher up you go the the more you have to care yeah or at least uh, espouse that you care absolutely but again people are going to be watching you they're going to be watching you the whole time so they're going to be like he says one thing does he actually do it that kind of thing and an amount of this happens just because you're surrounded by others espousing those same views and acting in those same ways so it happens just because there's a gravity of belief yeah and i think there's a there's a certain amount of filtering uh, going on during the hiring process during the promotion process of a company the person who more accurately uh, matches the company's mission and, and values is the one who's going to be promoted. If you, mm-hmm. if you find out that you are not tracking with the mission in, in a significant way, if you, you can't have sort of a senior director of a particular software company who is just constantly saying, I don't know why we're doing this. You know, Amazon does it better. Why are we even involved in this sector in any way? Eventually, people are going to be like, well, why are you here? You're not you're like, this is what well, we're trying to do. Is you and I both work at Red Hat, company famous for, for open source development, right? And if, if we hired a new uh, senior vice president who says, oh, we should make this new product and it should be proprietary and we should not share, share the code, right? They'd be laughed yeah. out, of the, out of the company. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Yes, that would be dif- a difficult thing for this person to sell. So part of that, right, is the organization's culture, right? The mission that you're on, the, the ways that you act, define the, this organizational culture. And having somebody come in and say, oh, I want to do something that's completely different, that's outside of that culture, generally doesn't work well. Yes. And, but, and there, are, there are definitely parts of, like, when, when you're fulfilling a mission, it can be interpreted in different ways. The mission is generally kind of a very short, small, easy to understand statement that's aspirational. And that can be interpreted in different ways. And there's all this sort of unspoken stuff underneath the mission that is actually very critical to the company, but they, they can't really talk about. Um, to, to go back to that example of like the investment company that's all, you know, all about the investors and trying to like, you know, uh, get the best price on the market for their various financial services. They, they may also have like a community responsibility. They may be a really big company and have a community responsibility in all their communities they're in, but they don't like to kind of advertise that to their, to their uh, yeah. publicly because they, they want to look all hard nosed and, you know, really critical about their, you know, their market choices, but they know that they have to play well in the community. Otherwise people get enraged at them. Right. So, you know, so they don't want anybody to think they're distracted from making money. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, it is, there are definitely explicit things that people advertise in their mission statements and then implicit things that they're like, we also have to make sure we do this. Another great example is taking care of their employees, right? You, you can say that you're extremely customer focused. Every company wants to be extremely customer focused, but a lot of a company's competitive advantage is in their employees. And like, how much do they pay attention to, to taking care of those employees and making sure those employees are you know, happy and in good health versus yeah. I'm going to make some market decision, which will cause this entire division to get you know, we're, we're going to have to just close down this entire division because of market forces. And I'm going to be ruthless about that because I'm customer focused. Well, That's so, so let's talk about this, right? So you just laid out a couple of points, which almost every company has in their mission, values, purpose, whatever, right? Pillars, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever they call them in your organization, right? It's customer focus. It's caring about our employees and it's caring about our community. 
and, and usually making money. So yes. those, those four, right? Almost every organization has, has most of those going on. Yes. And, and an important point, right, is all right to say, all right, is, is my organization stating this in some different way from others? And then looking at it and saying, are we structured in a way that actually supports this? Are we behaving in a way that, that really focuses on these things? Or is this just because that new CEO came in, didn't like how they were stated before and wanted to restate them more strongly and didn't change anything else about the organization? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, pessimistic about these things because I've just seen a little so cynical. Versions of these. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I mean, it's right. And, and that, uh, you know, the often companies will sort of, Hey, we have this mission and then we have, you know, these strategies and goals for this year that are going to somehow satisfy the mission. They're going to help us move forward. In our, and, and that's really where people, again, you know, people are cynical about this. They're like, well, you know, you have this mission to, to make the world a better place, but one of your goals is to um, do something horrible with the environment because that's, you know, that that's one of the goals for this year. These, this doesn't seem to match with your mission. So, so there are these, there are these things that uh, people are going to be watching the, the strategies and the goals and asking like, how does this set match with the mission? Why, why are these investments happening in the company versus something else, which, you know, missions, again, they're pretty short, they're pretty easy, uh, easy to interpret in different ways. You know, you're going to have to be able to explain that to people and the manager who can explain it well and like live it and be passionate about it and explain it and get their, their employees on board with this idea is that's a sign of good leadership and good management that people are looking for. So, so actually, so I've got a great example uh, from the, a personal example for the, over the past couple of years. So I was working at a, at a health insurer, a pretty large health insurer, and they wanted to, to transition to value-based care. And, and the big thing there, right, is right now you pay fee-for-service. You go to the doctor, they say, oh, I performed these things and that's what you pay me for, rather than, oh, I treated this person, but their health outcome didn't change, so I'm not going to get any money for that. Okay. Right? And the big difference in paying for health outcomes and value is you don't care about those individual transactions. Right. And so I kind of went through and said, all right, from an architecture and design a company standpoint, right? Here's how we do these things now. And here's how we're going to transition and do them in the future. And that's significantly different, right? So Absolutely. I made this big presentation to, to clarify and ask people, is this what you mean when you talk about value-based <laughs> care? And, and everybody who, who I gave that to said, oh, God, that explains it. And I never really understood what value-based care was. So everybody kept asking me to give this presentation to the point where, all right, I'm giving this to audiences of hundreds of people. And part of that was a question, right? Are you willing to throw out all the, the models that we have now in moving towards this new mission? And right. really, like, nobody was, right? Because those are the things that we've been doing for 80 years and that we knew how to do. <laughs> Absolutely. There's an immense amount of financial risk involved there, and there's an immense amount of employee you know, disruption as people yeah. have to figure out new ways to provide value along this new that the company says it's going to yeah. track. And, and that, again, that, that sort of implies that employees, the employees are like, Hey, you have this idea. We yeah. are really good at this other thing. How do we fit into this new idea? That's right. So to me, right. 
the mission is like the summary of your organization and everything else in your organization should be designed in a way that executes that mission. Your, the roles and your organization structure, right? The responsibilities, even your hiring around that. And when a new CEO comes in or any, or the organization wants to change that mission statement, that to me is a commitment to, to change the whole organization to, to execute on that. And that's not the kind of thing you can do more than like once in a decade, because it takes a yep. long time generally to execute that sort of thing. Yes. And you will have questions from people saying, Hey, you know, we used to do this. We used to be this kind of company. And now the new CEO, we're this, we're this new kind of company. What's the difference? What does that mean in terms of investment in these particular systems, these particular departments? We're, we're moving from here to here. How do I transition my responsibilities from the old and boring mission to the new and exciting mission? So, right, and that's a good point, right? Are you willing to tell people the job that you are doing now is not going to exist once we have transitioned the arm to this new way of working over time to this new execution model. And here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to transition you, train you for other roles. Like, are you clear about that? Or are you pretending like that's not going to happen and allowing those sorts of folks to double down and to try to prevent any sort of change because they don't know what's going to happen for them personally? Absolutely. And there's a, there's a lack of trust in there that is very important. If you're not talking to the employees about this kind of change and how it's going to affect them, they're not necessarily going to trust that you know what you're doing or have good intentions to them. One of those two things. And they will as, you know, as much as possible react in a way that is to their interests rather than to the company's interests. Hmm. You want those two interests to align. If the employees begin to feel that there's a split there, well, it's pretty obvious where they're going to go <laughs> on that split. So this is interesting, right? Because the mission statement and the purpose usually end up coming top down. It's usually just the executive team goes away for some, some nice retreat and maybe brings um, McKinsey or, or somebody else pays them a lot of money to help them develop materials around this stuff. Then they present it to the company and everybody has to go through mandatory training, right? Yes. And, and the idea is that these things trickle down. You know, not every organization does it that way. Sometimes they will start to put this out and say, what do you guys think? Everybody question this and help us refine this, which is a, a, a nice model for that. But ultimately, it's not every employee that defines what the mission or the purpose is for the organization. So, so at some point as an employee, right, you're told what this mission is. You may have had some amount of input to it, but the next employee is going to come in and this is already going to be set. So, yes. so going into an organization, you really should look at that and say, and question, right, is this something that I believe? And, and then start to look and say, all right, is the organization really executing on this? And if, if, yes. that's, not, if that's not the case, if these are things that you have problems with, at a, at a lower level, at a sort of a, a, begin, a team manager level, it's not a big deal. You can probably get away with having a differential there. But, but the higher up you go, the harder that's going to be. But it, it is, to some extent, you, you do have to interpret this information, this, goal, this mission and these goals to your employees. Hey, you know, this is what we're talking at the high level. This is how it applies to you in particular. Um, and that can yeah. be... That can be tricky. You, you may even say, hey, of these four, five goals, right, we actually 
can do three of them. Two of them don't apply to us, or I, I disagree with one of them. Um, mm -hmm. You can, again, do that at like the lowest level, but the higher up you go, the harder it is to, to actively disagree with the, the mission of the company. That's also like a differential as people get promoted out of like a, a member of a team, an individual a senior member of a team to a manager, right? That's a huge, like often teams will be in a situation where they're, they're pretty cynical about this kind of stuff. They, they kind of don't care what's going on with the mission. Like they're just trying to like, you know, get their, get their own personal skills uh, upgraded and, and kind of, you know, cruise yeah. forward in their careers. And, 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 you know, their labor and management has these ideas that don't really apply to them. But if you, as you cross that boundary from being an individual contributor to a manager, that attitude that you may have had in the past stops being acceptable. <laughs> and it can be a difficult transition for someone who, it, who was promoted through the ranks to transition to, to that side of things. And it is an expectation that they will toe the line and, and sort of support the company yeah. mission. Well, and, and, and I also difficult. say at some point, right, executives have, have a responsibility if they see the company acting in a way that, that they disagree with. You can say, uh, you know, I, I can't be a fit for this organization anymore. A great example to me in the last year was Tim Bray from Amazon, one of their um, either VPs or senior VPs who said, I don't like the way you're, you're treating some of the warehouse workers, right, who are protesting companies' mm -hmm. coronavirus practices, Right. And, you know, made public statements about that and left. Yeah, that, that, that's a, a classic one in tech. And anybody who hasn't read through some of that, I, I'd encourage you to over the last year. But I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty brave move. Right. And this guy as has employees. To... Right. Do we have the responsibility of holding our company accountable to the values that it has espoused? And when we see actions being taken that are against that, what do we do about it, right? Are we willing to put our jobs on the line? Are we in a p financial position to be able to do that is, is a major question, right? That's part of that aspect of leadership. If you're leading a group of people who trust you to do the right thing, that's why they're, they're there. And the higher up you are in the leadership, the more uh, visible your actions and your, and your ethics are to the, to the people below you. And if you can't match that what the company is doing up with what you believe is the right thing to do uh, people are not going to trust you as a leader and they're they're not going to the cynicism is going to get worse the, the lack of engagement is going to get worse one other thing about this that is kind of funny is again with the managers sort of interpreting missions down to their teams um, it's absolutely different in different countries uh, the, the the way these things get interpreted uh, and it's different in different, um, like sub, uh, like, um, subsidiary companies, they might have multiple mm -hmm. missions that they have. To, and that's probably like a totally different topic of sort of being in a subsidiary to a major company, but it yeah. is like, we're definitely talking about this from a U.S. centric standpoint in terms of culture and, you know, um, the companies I've worked for have all been U.S. I believe, yeah, all been U.S. companies. So those missions tend to espouse values that are very popular in the United States, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And if you, if you work for a company where the, the, the headquarters are in a different country, it may be difficult to explain the mission to people in your country who are like, this does not align with what we think is the right thing to do. <laughs> so. 
So there's nothing in your, your company's mission statement about uh, supporting the Communist Party? <laughs> no. <laughs> not yet. Not, not any company I've worked for so far. But uh, that could be my future. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll have to find these podcasts and delete them. So, you know, a, an interesting question for me, right, it, to, to ask anybody I talk to, right, is could you actually say what your company's mission statement or purpose is? And 85, 90% of the time, you know, it, no, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty rare to actually find somebody yeah. who can, who can say it verbatim. Now to, to say the intent of it, that's, that's a little bit different. I think more, more people can, can say what the intent of it is and whether they agree with that intent. Yes. And, and that is something that, again, you can sort of talk to your employee, like you're trying to get people engaged, trying to get people yeah. to have a purpose to come into the office, to be excited about it. They're going to have ideas, right? Hey, how does this idea fit with our larger strategies? And employees may be like, I, I, I don't like, yeah. I didn't, I, I just have this idea to use this particular database that I think is cool. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're like, you're like, Every company right, does employee surveys these days. And I would love it if, if employers all asked like a multiple choice question, which was select which is our company's mission statement and, and to put oh, your man. company in there as well as like your competitors in there and see which of your employees, like what percentage of your, of your employees can actually pick out your company's mission statement versus your competitors. That is a great idea. Add additional questions, which is, all right, here is a scenario. Is this in line with our company's, you know, our company's values, right? Can we take on a contract that, that detects uh, and tags names to faces that we see out in a public webcam, right? Can we do that? Is that evil? That famously not part of IBM's mission anymore. Right. Um, or you could put the mission through, uh, you know, Google Translate and, you know, translate into Arabic and then translate it back into English and be like, you know, which one of these are, <laughs> which one of these is our actual company mission? Right. And, and, you know, I, I think really that's important, right, to, to see is the company communicating this well to employees? Has it really sunk in and do people believe it? I think the higher your, um, your employee rate is on, on answering that multiple choice correctly, right? on detecting mm -hmm. which is your mission statement, um, you know, the, the, the better you've done, at least in terms yep. of selecting the right mission and purpose for your company and communicating that to employees. Another thing you could talk to your employees about is how, how the metrics and the, and the, the things we're measuring as a team for individually or for mm. our particular product, like how that aligns with the mission, right? How that aligns with the goals. Why are we measuring these things as opposed to something else? Why is Facebook measuring connections as opposed to ad impressions or something like that? Well, they're probably measuring point, both. Right? From, from a management standpoint, it used to be that everybody would define their KPIs, their key performance indicators. And we've really moved um, to this OKR model, which um, was, was, I think, famous out of Google, and John Doerr wrote a, a good book about it, right? Objectives and key results. And the important point in those is they that they have to cascade from the company's mission and values actually down to the team level. Right, because people are definitely noticing this problem that missions are very attractive for companies, but how do you actually get this interpreted down to the people who you're trying to inspire to actually yeah. do a good job. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult. 
And I would say very few companies have actually cascaded those, those high level espoused values down to actual team objectives and team metrics. Yeah, I don't know if I have ever seen it go all the way down. I mean, I definitely see the goals and then the goals get reinterpreted the, the further down the divisions you get. Um, and then you end up with smart goals that the employees are supposed yeah. to do. That well, ours are being turned up for next year to actually uh, get closer towards that full cascade. So we're getting there. I know the the this again, like there's a little bit of cynicism here, right? You know, oh great, you know, this is this management tool of this, and I agree, I agree with it. Like I, I understand why it's happening because it's like it's sort of mathematically perfect if you can get all these things to add up together into the final into the final pyramid, then that's good. But it, it, it is a, a management, uh, an exciting thing that management likes to talk about. But, but that's actually even, even, even there, right? An important question, right, is does your organization's culture and does its mission allow its employees to question these things? Are, are they allowed to be cynical and to, and to voice those sorts of questions to, to get to their own understanding of these values? Or are they just supposed to remember whatever it is and repeat it without questioning, right? And without questioning yeah. And without questioning the way teams practice those sorts of things. So I, I think, you know, to me, that's an important point. You know, I wouldn't want to be in an environment that didn't let me ask those sorts of questions or that intimidated me from doing so. That, that is very much, it seems, a, a sort of a modern Western sentiment in how employees are supposed to relate to their uh, companies. Um, yeah. Obviously, 200 years ago, some employee is not going to question what their boss tells them in, in some factory in you know, New Hampshire or something. And in certain countries across the world today, uh, that kind of relationship between employees and their company yeah. is, is probably uh, greatly frowned upon that they're just supposed to do what they're told to do. But definitely we have that advantage wow. here where we live. <laughs> and yeah. I appreciate it. That's right. So, Certainly, it'll be interesting to see how, how some of those things change over time at a, at a global level. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to see how that goes. But I, I think we've mostly co- covered the, what we wanted to talk about. You know, the, the idea is to sort of just generally talk about how, how you're going to translate. You know, the, the guys at the top, they have the idea and they have the money and they want to get stuff done. And you as the you know, manager of a team or the manager of a group of teams have to figure out how to translate that down into actual action <laughs> and take that inspiration from the probably fairly charismatic CEO that's at the top of your company that has this cool idea right. and, and somehow translate it. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and you have to translate it into a good FTP server that's going to correctly get, uh, you know, pull information from, from the banks and push it out to the banks or whatever your particular product is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so good luck. That's what those system welcome messages are for. You have to put your company's mission statement and then the legal disclaimers. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Well, Vince, I think that was good. I think we, I think we did a pretty good job there. Fun discussion. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. If you like the show, please show us some love on the Apple podcasts and share it with your friends.
The views and opinions are solely those of the speakers and not the opinions of any third party. The same holds true for guests, if we ever have guests. We don't guarantee completeness or accuracy. We don't assume responsibility or liability for the information. This content is provided for general information only, and if you choose to rely upon it, you do so at your own risk. This should not be considered professional advice. Thank you.